I'm David Robinson. And I'm David Jr. And it's time to get back to the fundamentals. Yeah, no, it was interesting. I, uh, I grew up going to a Christian high school here in San Antonio when Obama got elected. And I mean, really, it was the, almost the end of the world. Everybody <laughs> you know, could not believe he got elected. And I just looked around and was like, you know, this is somebody who looks kind of like me, who's the <laughs> president. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is a good thing. Everybody else is, thought the world was ending. And then I was in New York when Trump got elected. <laughs> and it was the opposite. And it was the complete opposite. People, you know, didn't come to work. They were crying in the street. <laughs> it was like, oh, streets. my God. Oh, like, man. <laughs> That's funny. Like you, I mean, it just was so clear that the world was on such different pages. Yeah, okay. no, I mean, that's the one thing I think that's most obvious about today, right? Was we almost seem to have a hard time living up to this American dream. I mean, is you know, all these different people together in a melting pot, and we don't seem to be melting as well as we should be. So, you know, I think I think a lot of it is respect, right? We have to respect one another. And I don't care what your relationship is. You got to learn how to respect each other. And to do that, it takes time. You got you to gotta sit down and say, you know, who are you? And, uh, and how do I get to know you a little bit better? You know, I think these, these fundamentals, right, when you talk about leadership and initiative and integrity, all these things put us in a position where I think we can, we can relate to one another better. And maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, the founding of the Carver Academy yeah. and even why these pillars were so necessary when yeah. you're trying to put together a school. Why, why do you even need Pillars. No, that's that's, that's a great question. I mean, you know, for me, I it was actually the time when you boys were were. I have three boys now. David Junior's twenty six and and out of college. Corey, my middle son, is twenty four and out of college. He went to Notre Dame, and my youngest son is a senior now at Duke, and he's twenty twenty one years, twenty two years old. And so when you boys were at the younger ages, and we were looking at schools, I didn't really see a school that I thought fit my idea of what you guys should be doing. And so that's really what prompted me to say, well, you know, how come we can't create a school right? that, you know, not not just for kids like you who actually had some means, right? We had money, we could choose where to send you, but a lot of people can't. And a lot of people were forced to go to schools that are not up to par. And that is um, unfortunate. Yeah, we can choose, but we're going to create a place where people who can't choose can send their children to a school they can be very proud of. And that school will get those kids ready for college. So so that was really the impetus. And so we partnered with the Carver Center, downtown San Antonio, a place that's been in this community for 70 years and been a big part of the east side of San Antonio. Um, and it was actually a 600-seat theater. And so we bought four blocks around this theater, kind of a rundown neighborhood. And we said, we're going to not only aesthetically do something in this neighborhood to improve it. We're going to put money into a part of town that hasn't seen money in that part of town in a long time. And we're going to make it an area that the people who live there can be very proud of. So that was the first part, aesthetically do something. The second part was to build an education that was going to make a difference for the kids' lives in that community. We laid this foundation and we said, we're going to send you to college, right? We're going to get you prepared for college. We wanted to be more like a public school in that the kids and the families didn't have to pay a lot to be there. So we had to raise a ton of money uh, in order to pay for the education. We started to put an endowment in place and we, we I went out and 
you know, the city's been very, very good to me. So we were able to raise a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you raised over $40 million. Yeah, probably close to $45 million over a 10-year period, which is amazing support for that a community could show. Uh, and this was just for one school. And we had ideas to grow it, but um, not that easy to to grow a school where you're trying to create a, a free education of high quality, you know, for kids who, for families that can't afford to support you. So a uh, tough premise to start with, but we got great, great support. And fortunately, we had a, a great team uh, that put together the the education and the opportunity. And we were able to grow this school. We started pre-K through second. We added a grade each year until we got to sixth grade. And and I wanted to start at those earlier ages. I mean, we had choices. We could have started at middle school. We could have started at high school. But um, I felt like you know, a lot of those issues, it, if you get to middle school and you're two grades behind already, it's going to take incredible resources to get you back up to grade level and then ready for college. Whereas if we started kindergarten or pre-K, we can get you reading and on pace. And, and by the time you're in sixth grade, you're two grades ahead instead of two grades behind. And so if, with my limited resources, I felt like let's start at the early ages. Let's get them. Let's get them early. Let's teach them the habits to be fantastic students. Let's work with their families and encourage them and and right you know work with families right where they are and be really a, an extra family member to them. You know, some of these kids came from single parent homes. Some of these kids came from very difficult circumstances. But we were that extra family member for them, and so we were able to start with just fifteen kids in a class, sixty children and grow that each year, add some. And now, you know, now obviously we've grown into, you know, 350 kids in the, in the elementary school, K-5 elementary school. And now we've got a, a high school. We've grown up to, you know, six to 700 people in the high school there. Mm-hmm. And we've got campuses all over the city like Carver. And all of our schools are incredibly high-performing schools, ranked very high. The ones that are eligible are ranked very high on U.S. News World Report schools. There, are, It's it's amazing collection uh, of schools that we've been able to build for the last 14 years now, maybe 15. I don't know. We've been able to send 100% of our kids to college, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. You look down in Rio Grande Valley, 20, I don't know, 26, 27 schools, amazing 100% of the kids going to college. San Antonio, 100% of the kids going to college. Austin, you know, now El Paso. If you if you think about the number of kids, low-income kids that we're going to be sending to college, just in San Antonio alone, if we do what we we've planned to do, which we're well on track to do that, we'll double the number of low-income kids going to college every year. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's a lofty goal. And uh, and we're well on our way to accomplishing it. So, you know, and this all going back to the, the Carver influence this all started with just saying, how do we simplify, right? How do we distill through all of the, all of the, there's all these ideas with education. Let, you know, let's get technology. Let's do all these different things and throw it into education. Well, no, <laughs> we, we need to simplify this, right? Well, like we need to go back and kind of find out how did they do it in the 1800s? And, you know, how did, you know, these kids coming out of, High school in the 1800s, I mean, even less than that, 14-year-old kids could do college-level work. You know, you look at the kids nowadays, kids coming out of college can't pass a high school test from 1860. And so, you know, so we're, we're clearly not doing it better than they were doing it. Um, they had fewer resources, less technology, and yet the kids were coming out with a much higher level of understanding 
of our financial systems. Uh, I mean, I know everybody's going to see the play Hamilton. Well, how does this young kid Hamilton figure out a financial system for a country now that's lasted, uh, you know, a hundred years? Uh, this is it's it's mind boggling how much farther ahead they were than we were. Well, so, going back to your original you know, goal for the Carver Academy, education was so much more than academics. Right. And and really going back to the pillars and, and why it was a need, there was a need for those pillars. You know, you have to instill a lot more than just book smarts. Absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like the the academic part is just one part of it. If you don't know why you're doing the right things, you're just basically creating, you know, Robots smart or... devils. You know, I mean, it's just like people who don't know why they're, you know, why they should stay married or why they should do the right things, but they're smart. That's a little bit where we are right now. We got some pretty smart people in this country who don't know why they're doing what they're doing. And so I think with with Carver Academy, um, with these pillars, we're helping people get back to those fundamentals, man, making decisions, the, the right decisions for the right reasons. And and, uh, and so, I, you know, these pillars, I think, you know, we talk about leadership, leadership and what is leadership? You know, we have a government now that is supposed to be leading us. And yet I don't even think we know what to expect from our government. Right. We Like we have teachers. We have we're always looking for. You know, in athletics, sports is a huge deal now, right? In our society, we're, we've got sports on TV 24-7, a hundred channels of sports 24-7. And yet we don't even know what to ask of our leaders, of our local teams. Our our players don't know what to ask. And we, we, we call people leaders that aren't leaders, right? Leaders are people you want to follow into battle. You, there's some people you might want to take into battle, but... You don't want to follow that guy in the battle. He has no idea where he's going and no idea what he's doing. See, a leader has a vision. A leader takes people places, right? And so we've got to have the understanding of what true leadership is. A leader is the guy who sets the tone, sets the example, and he takes people places. A leader is a person who cares more about you than you care about yourself, right? Like that's what, when we talk about parents, what do parents do for their kids? They care more about their kids than the kids care about themselves. The parent says, no, I'm not going to let you do that because that's going to hurt you. So like these basic concepts that seem so simple when we think about leadership, what is that? Integrity. Yeah, we know what those things mean. Well, well, we're not practicing them. <laughs> so we need to talk a little bit more about how to practically bring them into our lives, how to sort through all the foolishness so that we can be Men and women of character, people who do what they say they're going to do, right? People who take the initiative, people who are going to be involved and going to make a difference. That's what we need to be, those people, not people that sit passively and watch other people do the work, but people who are engaged, you know, people who go out and vote. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a simple, simple thing to do, and most people don't do it. It's a simple way to have your voice heard. And there are so many people who feel like their voice does not matter. That's a tragedy, really. And so, you know, this is this podcast is about, hey, let's make our voice matter, man. Let's make it matter in our house as a husband or as a wife or as a as a child, even right? a child can bring light into a house. Let's make our voice heard in our communities. The nation doesn't get better unless our communities get better. I mean, the government doesn't work if your communities aren't doing the job. The government mm -hmm. can't build schools for you. They can't make your community a strong community. The communities 
make the government a strong government. And yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's going back to nowadays. It's technology and reach and media is not a bad thing in itself. It's right. uh, you know the the amount of almost freedom we can reach out to anybody we want in the world and get a hold of them. And if I want to see a picture of the Bahamas or the Middle East or any, I can go Google it. Before that, yeah. you would have had to go to the, the library and look up an encyclopedia and I don't even I didn't hope there was a picture in there. I, I, you, you didn't have that. I don't even know how that <laughs> That's works. That's where I grew anymore. up. I grew yeah. up with the, with the encyclopedia that if I had to do a research project, I'd look something up. And, and if I was lucky, there'd be more than one little paragraph about that particular subject. Right. Now you have Google and unlimited <laughs> information. But at the same time, all of that unlimited information can take you out of the everyday and the right here and right now. And it can make you feel small and insignificant. Yeah. And and I think that's what people kind of get caught up and they think, oh, my voice doesn't matter as well. Like it does on this local scale. And, you know, just because yeah. you can look at social media and see the whole world, yeah. like doesn't mean that what you do here in your day to day life doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, I, I you know, like I said, if, if we if we can focus, if we can just focus and to me, perspective is everything. And I've always told you, boys, hey, if you have the wrong perspective, Nothing is right. But if you have the right perspective, nothing is wrong. And, and that's where we want to we want to help people get the right perspective in their lives. Right. And deal with challenges um, with hope and with courage. And, and I think these pillars that we'll be talking about will will be able to allow people to lay a foundation in their lives that they can build on. Right. And they can build a legacy. Uh, build a lasting legacy off of that through their families and through their jobs and through the other things that they're able to accomplish in their communities. So, mm -hmm. so I'm excited about it. I, I'm ready to take this journey. I, I, you know, I, I, I want to engage with people. I want to, um, I, I know with our kids, we'll have actually, we'll have guests yeah, on, our, on the show and there'll be kids the, from Mark Harbor Academy, the, the Robinson the kids from fellows. idea, idea public schools. And when they, these, these pillars, they've been living these pillars. They have their own ideas of what it looks like and what, you know, how they see the world. And so we'll have them on here and we'll allow them to kind of share their thoughts and how it's impacted them even so far and, um, and going forward, how they kind of see their hope. What what are they going to leave as a legacy? So and, and maybe some background there. This year we're having our first graduate class of Idea Public Schools here in San Antonio, which we're really excited about. Yeah. It's 50, 50 students here, and and the goal is to get one hundred percent of them to go to college. And we, as part of this graduating class, we we selected ten of that brightest students to to be David Robinson Fellows where they got college scholarship, but then also deep and close mentorship right. um, from us throughout the whole year. And we, and we want to engage them throughout the podcast, bring them on. Yeah. These are my, these are my Dave Robinson fellows scholarship. So fellows. So I, I just I'm, got in, uh, accepted to the Naval well, Academy. Wanted, that's right. That's right. It's uh it's very exciting. And he's uh he's thrilled about it. I, I was able to, to encourage him the whole, whole way, um, be able to even write a letter of recommendation for him and, and, uh, and, you know, see a young fellow who's excited to kind of follow my footsteps there. I, I bored him. That's not an easy place, but he's, he's still pretty excited about it. And, and I'm, I'm so happy for him and his family. I think it's going to be an amazing, um, amazing journey. So dad, who, who are we trying to target with this podcast, with this message? Who are we talking to? Well, I think we're, we're largely talking to, um, young people. You know, whether it's high school age, college age, who are 
maybe even a little bit disgruntled with what they see out there, right? Maybe a little bit discouraged. And they're trying to figure out, number one, who are they? And then number two, how are they going to impact what's going on out there, right? How can they make a difference? And, 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 you know, I think what we're going to talk about is those fundamentals in our lives that make us stronger, that make us more impactful, right? We look at great people, um, a Gandhi or a Mother Teresa, whose lives were lived in that quiet silence of, you know, and that courage and that strength, but the reverberations from their life continue to move throughout time. And that's what we want. We want to help people have that, that type of power and that type of influence um, by focusing on the fundamentals. And what about the, the reverberations of maybe the not so solid things? A, a term that I heard a lot growing up was foolishness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you'll you'll on this podcast you will hear me say foolishness more than once. So or what, twice. Is, what is that's that? my that's one of my favorite words. <laughs> what, 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 is that, what does that mean to oh, you? Man, what is foolishness? Foolishness, foolishness is is uh, <laughs> okay. So I'll tell you from a biblical perspective, foolishness is um, a person uh, who doesn't believe in God. So the person who doesn't believe in God, no matter what they do, is foolishness because it's not for the right reasons. And it's not going to produce the right result, right? So that's what it's the term is. A foolish man is a man who's going to, you know, do what he wants. And, <laughs> and so when I see things in life that aren't going anywhere and that I think that they're not producing a righteousness or producing something good, it's just a waste of our time and a waste of our energy. <laughs> I call it foolishness. And so <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of my go-to when I see something, man, some foolishness, man, stop that foolishness. So I, I love that term. And, uh, you know, I'll probably use it once or twice on the podcast. And I guess what, what are some examples in today's world <laughs> we, with a, abundance, oh my gosh. Fo- abundant foolishness? <laughs> oh, Lord, we could, could talk you give us, all could you day give us about some, some foolishness. Examples of- you, know, you know, a lot of the stuff we see on social media, I think it's just foolishness. You know, I, I mean, come on, man. You know, I, <laughs> you know, people putting themselves and showing themselves. You know, really some of the worst sides of themselves, right? Like you're going to take pictures of yourself while you were drinking and acting stupid and post them on the Web. Really? That's like that's like that's ultimate in foolishness, right? I, we all do stupid things, but now you're going to make them eternal. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna put them in a position where put people in a position where they can bring it back to you thirty years from now. That when you were nineteen, you did some some real foolishness, and so I mean there are a lot of examples of things like that. And I think you know when I look at things that we we do to harm ourselves, like I think a lot of that stuff is foolishness, right? We we bring drama into our lives that is is totally unnecessary mm. and by our attitudes by the things that we might do that to me is just utter foolishness and so you know wisdom pushes foolishness away <laughs> right so if you if you act in wisdom you don't have that drama you don't have those those things that make your life 10 times harder than they need to be so foolishness is just something that makes your life complicated and uh, I mean it's just drains you um, when when it's unnecessary right so that that's that's a, a more specific definition of my term but uh, I'm sure we will have I'll give you some good examples as we go along <laughs> uh, I, w- I I want us to communicate to our to our listener bases here you are your your next generation right and you're growing into a man 
and you're learning how to do the right things. And, and our audience, hopefully we're targeting those kids who are in the shoes that you just were in, right? In high school and college who are, who are trying to find their place, trying to figure out who they are. And I mean, we know we've butted heads many times on, on a lot of different subjects. And I could not be more proud of you today or yesterday or the day before, even though we've disagreed on many subjects, you know, I respect you for who you are and what you're accomplishing and have a deep love for you. And we have great discussions. And when we disagree and Hey, sometimes we agree to disagree mm-hmm. and that's okay. Uh, but the people we're addressing, you know, need to be able to come to that place where they know, Hey, my mom and dad, they don't agree with me or, you know, I don't agree with them. <laughs> More importantly, I don't agree with them or I don't agree with what's going on out there. I don't agree with, you know, my school or my government or whatever. And what can I do about it? And how can I live my life in a way that shows the strength of my position? Right. Yeah. And, and for, you know, for, to me, if you can do something over and over, over again, I mean, one of, one of George Washington Carver, uh, quotes, which I, I love to refer to his quotes all the time, but one of them is, if you do the common things in an uncommon way, you will command the attention of the world. And that's what we want. We want our, our listeners to learn how to do the common things in an uncommon way and command the attention of the world. And, and a lot of people don't have that example right. or, or sounding board in their lives. And, and hopefully... This can be some some snippet of of that and some some kind of light, right? And we see it and we see it with our um, Robinson Fellowship scholars. We get to spend this time with these young folks, and whether it's teaching them how do we how do you put together a simple wardrobe for job, right? Like number one, how do you know what to wear? <laughs> and then and then when you have to wear sport coats and and suits and how do I do that on a budget? I don't have money, right? So those are those are little things where you know we can support and encourage them, and uh, and help them, you know, figure out to, how to avoid debt and other things that you know might be unnecessary for them. Okay, so let's let's talk about our fundamentals, our our pillars, and those original pillars of the Carver Academy. Yeah. Love to go deeper on that. Oh, that's great. Uh, we have leadership initiative. Integrity, faith, service, and discipline. And all of those ideas, those pillars, and we call them pillars because our life, <laughs> it's the foundation. We build on the foundation, right? All these kids that we're sending through school and we're sending off to college and we're sending out into the world, right? The Bible says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. And we don't just, the, our children don't just trickle out into the world. We send them with some passion and purpose. They're going to hit a target, right? So we have to build on a solid foundation. And so what we've built in, at the idea of Carver is a foundation based on these six pillars. And so we break each one of them down and make sure the children understand what the word means. If we talk about integrity, what does that mean? And then what does it mean to you? Right. And then how are you going to implement that? Hmm. And so, though, you know, that, and that's what we want to talk about in this in this podcast. We want to help people understand what is integrity? Why is it important? And what does it mean to you? Right. How are you going to implement it? Because 
it can mean a bunch of different things. Leadership can mean a bunch of different things. Some people lead by fear, right? Like some people threaten and push. Some people cajole and beg and drag you along, right? Some people put you in a position where you have freedom and flexibility. Yeah, I'm sure right? you saw all kinds oh. of leaders as coaches. <laughs> in sports, I saw all those different leaders, right? And and some methods work better for different personalities, right? I didn't need a kick in the pants all the time. Maybe once in a while I needed one. But but most of the time I wanted I wanted somebody to tell me what to do and lead me there. And then I could take over from there. And so, you know, I think with these pillars, they give us real tools in our hands to to accomplish the goals and to have the right perspective and to push forward. And I think they give us hope for what tomorrow looks like for us. I mean, I've seen it with with our Carver, our idea kids. They have hope. They're looking to tomorrow and they know they're going to impact tomorrow. Uh, And that's what I want for our listeners to know that when tomorrow comes around, Everything I do today is going to matter tomorrow, right? The things that I do in my marriage are going to matter tomorrow. The things that I do with my children, being intentional about interacting with them and teaching them these pillars is going to matter tomorrow. And so hopefully this podcast actually gives people tools in their hands um, to begin to build a foundation for a, a, a launch pad, so to speak, to, to make their impact in the world. And and I think that it's important that the pillars are things that people can agree on. And so if I, you I think share they're those, common. And uh, if yeah. you share those pillars and you're trying to accomplish something, when you run into the inevitable conflicts, you have something else you can fall back on yeah. and say, you know, we both agree on discipline. We both right. agree on integrity. Right. So well, this, I, I hope we can all agree on. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not so crazy as to assume that everyone's going to agree with what I say or what we say about these things. But the fact that, number one, they're important, right? Integrity is important. You know, we might look at integrity a little bit differently in how it's displayed, and, and, but it is important. It's critical. We've got to know that we can count on one another. What you say, there has to be a balance between what you say and what you do, right? Or, or something, you know, even faith, right? Faith is a simple thing, right? But there's so many things in this world we cannot control. And sometimes, sometimes you got to have faith. You got to have faith in other people, right? You've got to have faith that something that you don't control is going to happen, right? And, and that's, what, that's why people get married. They don't know that they're going to be together for the rest of their lives. They just have faith that they're going to be together for the rest of their lives. And guess what? That faith, again, I go to the Bible. It's the evidence of what you hope for, and it's the substance of those things you cannot see. Like you can't see what 20 years of marriage is going to be like, but you have faith that we're going to get there. And that faith controls all of your actions, right? You do what you think you need to do to get to that place, right? And so, so to, you know, hopefully we can agree that these things are important. Even if you're not an overly religious person, you understand the importance of faith. You understand the importance of having an expectation and Guiding your actions towards that expectation. That is faith, right? And it's the substance of what you hope for and the evidence, right? Your faith is evidence of those things you cannot see. And so hopefully we can agree that these things are important for our lives and, uh, and we, can, we can have some fun, lively discussion about them. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like science before people knew what it was. <laughs> if you jumped up, you you had to have faith that you were going to come back down. <laughs> that you were going to come um, back down. Yeah, no, it's, it, you know, it, hopefully, you know, you, you, I mean, they're not, this isn't rocket science, right? It's, hopefully it's, it's foundational ideas. And so when we talk about fundamentals, I mean, I'm an athlete, right? So I'm always looking at things, you know, I see the world from an athletic point of view. The fundamentals are critical. I could not stand playing with a guy who didn't have fundamentals. He couldn't make a pass or he couldn't make a shot. Right, even and, if you can do a 360 dunk. <laughs> yeah, you could jump out of no the gym. You, 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 know, so you're, you got so much flair, but you can't do the simple things. And it's frustrating playing with people who don't do the basic things right. And, and it and, builds off everything else. Exactly. You have to do a pass before you can do behind the back. I mean, you can't be great unless you're great at the fundamentals. And that's true in sports. It's true in life. And so, you know, I think, you know, we're hopefully going to lay a foundation for people where they can start to build their lives off of these basics. And all of a sudden they're going to have a, a level of quality to their lives, right? A level of, of impact that, yeah, maybe, maybe heretofore they hadn't felt. And now they'll feel like, you know what, if I'm only impacting my children or if I'm only impacting my house or if I'm only impacting my job, it means something. It counts. Um, so hopefully that's what we'll give them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting right now. Social media, it, it is a distraction for a lot of people mm -hmm. and it can get you lost. But I think... One thing that's interesting is you can you can see the network effect of things. Yeah. So even if a parent, you know, if you're just you're a parent and then you have three kids and each of them have a thousand followers on Instagram, you see your reach is amplified to three thousand people. So even if you were just <laughs> that is true. thinking about your kids, yeah. you're through them through Instagram, which is just one channel affecting three thousand kids. So it almost helps you quantify and understand how you know impactful you know the people in your lives are and yeah. and you know how far and how deep they go out and, and how far their reach is into the world yeah well it certainly it certainly shows you the power uh nowadays that you have you're not just raising those three kids anymore right you're you're helping to raise a whole lot more people and, uh, and, and, you know, hopefully we can kind of see this interconnectedness that we have and see the meaning, you know, of our actions. This is the depth of our actions. So how did you come up with these six pillars? What was the story or how did you decide on what came in? Or yeah, I, I think that's a great question. I, I've had different experiences in my life. I've been in the military and, uh, and I certainly learned about discipline in the military, <laughs> um, uh, so th that was a, a, a key element that I saw was the difference for me. You know, going from college, high school to college, I was very undisciplined. I didn't, I wasn't focused on anything. And then all of a sudden I got to the Naval Academy, you know, they cut our hair, they put us in the same uniform and they, they said, okay, you're going to do this, 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 and this. So our schedule was so structured, the discipline started to come in. And I realized how much more productive I actually was. I realized how it played in the whole picture. When you, when you have a sense that the greater is more important than the individual and you see why the discipline, somebody else's life may depend on whether I do my job right. And, uh, and so discipline to me, I, I saw as this really valuable um, tool and, and, and it, it's, 
gone through every facet of my life, not just military, sports. If you don't have discipline, if you cannot train, I've seen guys come to training camp to start a season. Guys that are paid for basketball come to the season out of shape. Like you don't have the discipline to come to training camp with your body in shape. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like what? Like we we get paid fairly well for this job. And if you don't have the discipline to do that, I mean, you're not going to be here very long. I mean, it's just a simple thing. So so each of these pillars, not only have I learned them throughout my life, but I saw them replicated in Carver as I read through you know, his stories, his uh, memoirs, his letters, and what it took to overcome the racial barriers of his time, the social barriers of his time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that know, was I mean, one thing when, when Booker T was recruiting him, he was the only person, only black person in America who had a master's in agriculture. Only black shocking. person in America. And so he's like, I want to start oh. an agricultural school. Wow. I want to have a black person lead it. I, <laughs> there's, there's one only person. one guy that fits that bill. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> Well, I mean, you say that's crazy. That was only, you know, um, you know, 100 years ago. So it's not not. I mean, it, it is amazing. You know, right. We, we really come a long ways in that. But uh, <laughs> you're right. I mean, that's you know, it's hard for us to even have that perspective when we look back. Uh, but those are the guys like I, I tell our kids, we're standing on those guys shoulders. You know what they experienced and and how they did things. We have to learn from and build on. We don't have to reinvent that. But we, we, it's our responsibility to do it better. The Fundamentals with David Robinsons is produced by Geekdom Media in association with Game Day Media Enterprises. Executive producers are Lorenzo Gomez III and John Garcia. Recorded and engineered by Michael Largent and edited by Jason Barrera. Find out more about The Fundamentals at geekdommedia.com. Follow us on social media at Geekdom Media. And learn more about Idea Carver Academy at ideapublicschools.org. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.